listening to the Noble Capital Radio Hour. Now, let's start the hour. Welcome to this week's episode of the Noble Capital Radio Hour, where we explore investment strategies for the modern financial landscape. I'm your host, Chris Ragland, and with me as always are my esteemed co-hosts, Mr. Jess Hamill and Mr. Jade Newman. Welcome to the Airwaves, guys. That's almost like a stadium entrance. All right. Morning. Hey there. Man, I'm, I'm just excited to be machine. here. This, I wasn't here last week, so I, I kind of came back a little pumped up, ready to go, and just start diving right in and discussing things with you guys. Welcome back. Well, thank you very much. Did you guys enjoy the Q&A episode with uh, Sean? We had a great time. Now let's ask Sean. Sean, did you enjoy the Q&A episode? <laughs> oh, you know I did. It was a blast. It was a blast. All right. Well, hey, if this is your first time tuning into the Noble Capital Radio Hour, I want to say welcome to the show. We generally talk about a lot of alternative investing. And, you know, that's what our company is really about. You know, we do retirement planning. We also focus on real estate and this really unique thing called private lending that we dig into. Today, though, we're going to be doing a year in review. So we're going to talk about what's going on at Noble Capital this year. Also, what's been going on in the marketplace, you know, in terms of the types of products that we offer. So today's show is the past is prologue. That, that's fancy talk, right, Sean? <laughs> yeah, I think it's Shakespearean. Yeah, that's what that is? Yeah. Okay, hey, yeah. look, if you want to know more about us, you can find us at noblecapital.com. I want to encourage you to check out our website, and if you're interested in learning more about a particular part of our company, that's the spot to go. We're also on the social medias, right, Sean? That's right, Chris. We're on Facebook, at Noble Capital. We're on Instagram, at Noble Capital Radio. And you know something we don't often mention is we're also on Twitter, Noble Capital TX. Yeah, tweet at me, bro. Yeah. Okay, something like Sweet that. Me, I don't know. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> hey, hey, I mean, a lot of people in this country use Twitter. For sure. <laughs> you know, Absolutely. A lot of people. So if you got questions, hey, hit us up on Twitter or Facebook. That's actually where we get a lot of the content for the show. And by the way, if this is also your first time tuning in, you can download every single episode of this show. And those are probably a lot better than today because we actually get into some real good meat. So if you're looking for rich content and you want to know something in particular, go anywhere that you can get your podcast and download it, and you're going to find us there. And you can see all the topics that we've covered over the past year and a half that we've been doing this. So pretty exciting. So let's jump right in. You know, one of the big things that I wanted to talk about, and it's because it's super topical because you're sitting right here with us, Jess, but one of the big changes that we had in 2018 at Noble Capital and on this show is you. You're here with us. I'm here. I'm new. Right? You're, you're, I mean, you're new on the show, but you're not new at Noble. You've been here for the, uh, over three years now. That's right. You know, my fourth year. So that's pretty awesome. You know, so you're doing pretty big things over here at Noble Capital. So Jess is essentially the guy the, you know that runs the whole show in our retirement division at at, a, at our company, and now you're a permanent fixture on the radio show with Jaden and myself. So uh, you know now that you're on the show, I'm the dumbest guy in the room. So you know <laughs> I don't know what that says about Romney, but uh, oh no, Sean's still pointing at himself over there. So hey, but uh, now I got two really great smart guys here in this room with me, not Sean. And, uh, you know, we're going to be talking about a lot of those retirement topics in 2019. We're going to revisit some of the things that we jumped into and, and really get into some details. But even bigger than being on the show, 
I don't know if there's that much bigger than that, but you actually run our retirement division here at Noble Capital, and that's pretty exciting. That's what you guys tell me, so I'm having a lot of fun with it. That's I, right. I, I, it's nice to love your job. Yeah, it is. And Jaden, you got to be proud of this because, I mean, this is almost like legacy building for you because you started many things around here at Noble Capital, you know, including Noble Capital. But, you know, the fact that you actually started up the retirement planning division as an ancillary business, something that was a little bit different than what we had around here. And, you know, as that's grown and been incorporated into our business, and now you've essentially handed over the reign over to Jess and, and he's running with it. So what a, what a cool legacy to leave behind on something that you've started. Yeah, it really is. And it's exciting to see it develop and see Jess put his, you know, spin on it and, and really take a step up in this leadership role. But it's it's interesting when you were talking about, about starting it, it's it's actually been about a decade now. Yeah, it's been a while, hasn't it? Yeah. yeah. So a lot of listeners might not know we started, you know, I started Noble Capital 17 years ago. But it wasn't until seven years in that we we launched our retirement planning and wealth management, and frankly, you know, we just we just wanted to get out there in front of more higher net worth clients. Uh, a, a lot of people, you know, might not know this about us, but our our average client is is a millionaire. Yeah, and they tend to be like career very successful people or business owners. Right. I mean, that have built their own practice and, and made their own book of business. And now we're looking at retirement. So Look, looking at retirement and, and, you know, back pre wealth management retirement, you know, we the, the, the only product that we had to offer f- folks, which is uh, the one and only it was our <laughs> private lending program. Right. You know, where, where we started the dance, essentially. But we've never left that. And that now it's cool how that's become a, a staple in in our broader retirement portfolios that we're helping our clients with. Yeah, super cool. So I, I've been excited about that transition. It's really great, and I'm looking forward to great things with you, Jess, next year. So we had some other big things that happened around here. So speaking of, um, we like to make fun of him because he can't defend himself. He's not in the room anymore. But Romney Navar, one of our other business partners at Noble Capital, he spun off. He's got his own podcast now. So a little shout out to Firestarters. Actually, I was a guest on that show last week. That was pretty exciting. And he's doing great stuff over there. But we Romney actually moved and, and, and took over the loan origination side of our business. So Jaden mentioned this private lending thing. What is that? I'll I'll give you a quick little rundown. We actually raise capital. And a lot of times the money that we're raising comes from our clients looking at retirement planning with Jess. And then we turn around and we lend that money out there to real estate investors that are doing fix and flips or speculative home building. And we're able to create a secured investment on that real estate for our clients and they're earning between six and nine percent so romney works on that side of the shop originating and finding these opportunities that these investors are looking at and he's taken full control so romney's had a number of assignments here at noble and and now that's what he's doing full time and and jaden it's kind of a, a little bit of a full circle isn't it it really is, uh, you know. I we put I put my best guy over there on uh, on on lin- running the lending company, um, and and that's really where he started. He's he's our best lending guy. Um, therefore, he's our chief lending officer he's, now. And he's a deal guy. I was gonna say he got back to his roots. That's yeah, where he, he got in the first place. He's a deal. He's guy. He's a deal guy through and through. And you know the thing is about Romney is I I told him when we. We we put him up, put him back over there because he had moved up to a higher level, uh, chief marketing, chief business development officer, and had done some marvelous things for the the brand. I'm really proud of that. But 
we needed to stick them back in and in, into that leadership role in the lending company to drive that. If, if if anyone doesn't know, the name of that company is Streamline Funding, and we're really a, a household name in Texas for for who you call when you need a loan. If you're going to flip a house, you know, do some some type of um, speculative development project, as long as it's residential uh, grade, essentially investment projects in Texas. Romney and, and his team at Streamline Funding lend on that stuff. So Romney's in there, and I'll, t- I'll tell you this. The main thing I, I told Romney this year is I wanted him to take our game to the next level, not just quantitative but also qualitative. So he's bringing a, a new level of, of quality back there and quality control that we're really proud of. Yeah, I'll tell you what, it's it's great. They, I think we call it in, uh, institutional grade, right? That's kind of our internal, what we kind of classify it. And then, you know, Jaden's been leading the charge on this. He's certainly been the banner man and being like, hey, this is what we're going to do. And Romney was tasked, as you mentioned, by developing that. And for any of our listeners here that are retirement focused and, and know us as a retirement planning company, that's got to make you feel good. We're talking about really, really solid investment criteria on what has become, as Jade mentioned, a staple in our retirement income planning strategies. So how cool is it that we got you know one of our sharpest guys over there leading the charge, creating these new opportunities? And, and he's right. We, we've really started to broaden the scope of those types of opportunities. So the other really big change that we had, and I know this has got to make it easier for you, Jess, but we've also rolled out a series, actually a number of investment funds um, in that private lending area. So we're talking about these vehicles. So we, we've added sophistication, diversification, and simplicity when it comes to reporting and, and being able to carve out that income. So we rolled out these funds, and I know you guys work on incorporating those into people's plans on a daily yeah, it's been great. The, the fund brought a lot of stability into the uh, the income levels that we're bringing into the clients, too. So when we're setting up income plans and we're using these individual loans as income-generating tools, we don't have to stop and finish a loan and then go out and find another loan and put them back in. Put them into the fund, keeps it nice and steady, keeps it solid, keeps it very predictable, and it's uh, just a much smoother transaction all the way across. Sure. In hindsight, man, what a pain in the in the you-know-what looking at, you know, coming in and out of loans. It's so funny because Jade and I did that for years, you know, long time and that was the norm but as we've grown and scaled as a company that just became impractical and you know now i think we've we've really rolled that out we've brought that you know institutional grade it's it's just really helped us out a lot as a company and it's being embraced um you know we're seeing some tremendous success with those funds right now so thanks for your trust and confidence Hey, that's great. Yeah, no kidding. And I'll tell you what, we're going to take a break here in just a second. When we get back, we're going to talk about some of the economic conditions that have been going on for us in, you know, as a country, but also from a global perspective. A little bit of 2018 year in review, and we're going to see how that has impacted some of our clients. Stick around. We'll be right back. Making talk radio great again. Somebody has to come out and tell it like it is. Talk 1370, the right choice. You're tuned in to the Noble Capital Radio Hour. Welcome back to the show. We're essentially bringing you our year in review episode. My name's Chris Ragland, and I'm the host of the Noble Capital Radio Hour. I just wanted to say thanks for tuning in and listening to us for a whole year. The fact, if you're a regular listener and still listening to us, Bless you on that one. So we, we were just three guys in here that had no idea what we were doing when we put this together. Uh, now we're a team of four, sometimes five people bringing you the messaging of alternative investments, including retirement planning, private lending, and real estate. If you'd like to know more about us, and this is your first time tuning in, 
Find us at noblecapital.com. You can also find us on, of course, all the social media, and you can download us anywhere that you can find a podcast. So today we're doing a little bit of a unique episode. Last week's was unique, too. We did a QA. and a It was really unique because actually Sean hosted it. Thanks for that, Sean. Yeah, hey, no problem. Anytime I can help, just yeah, let me know. Yeah, I, I took a break. Yeah. Maybe that's why I've got so much energy today because, you know, I'm kind of fresh. Yeah, you're I'm bouncing like, off the wall, though. Yeah. Oh, man. Sometimes you just need some downtime. Right? Sometimes. You got know? <laughs> to see me right after this is over. I just got to go home and take a nap. Yeah. You know? Me too. <laughs> All right. No, but let's talk about what's been going on. And I'd like to just get your opinion. I know you guys aren't economists or anything, and, you know, you're we're not out there telling anyone what's going to happen. No one has a crystal ball. We like to talk about that quite a bit here. But it is interesting to see what's going on out in the economy right now. So we can talk about some local stuff, but also some macro. And one of the big numbers that everybody tends to follow is unemployment. You know, we're watching unemployment in terms of what does that mean for our economy? What does it mean for the job market? And what does that mean for real estate? And in particular in real estate, because we're going to dive into that a little bit more in the next segment. But unemployment is tied to all those things. So we've watched actually unemployment continue to fall, right? So at a high level, isn't that just always good? I don't see how it could be bad. I mean, it's pretty exciting. We've had the, some of the lowest unemployment rates that we've had in, in my lifetime, as far as I can see here. Yeah, and I think from the perspective of an investor, it's, it's really difficult for it to be bad, right? Of course, there's always a point where can you get skilled labor and it makes it difficult for a company to hire and, and produce. But you know, we're not really in that place. That's, not, that's, that's like a dangerous level. We're just saying low unemployment. So if you want a job, chances are you can go find one, yeah. right? you got an economy that's creating new jobs, you know, at a healthy pace. So th- this is all good for us, right? I think for the most part, if you have the desire and the will to have a job, you can get gainful employment right now in the United States. I know in Austin, it's got some of the lowest unemployment rates anywhere. It does. Um, for MSAs, like major markets, like Austin is one of the lowest yeah, major it's, markets it's in the country right now. Trying to fill any position. I mean, I'm, I'm having I'm having trouble right now trying to fill one position that I've been trying to fill for a couple of months. And yeah, it's and just, it's like business development, marketing. You'd think anybody could like kind of come in with that back background, but it turns out it's very competitive. It's right competitive, now. exactly. It's very competitive. So yeah. you know, everybody's bidding against each other on on pay scale, and we're just trying to find the talent and make sure that we can get them in. Yeah, you know, I'll tie this to real estate a little bit, and again, we're going to come back to this more in the next segment, but. The other thing that unemployment does, you know, right, in terms of the job market, right, and if you're creating jobs and people are able to come in and you continue to create this job engine, what does it do to prices of housing? So housing prices start to increase, right? So there's, there's, you could talk about from an affordability standpoint, you know, you can talk about fundamental economics and the inventory not catching up, but we've witnessed that in particular in Austin again, but in all the major markets in Texas, Right. Oh yeah, it's a, it's unbelievable, and we'll 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 talk about housing and, and the stock market in the next segment. But the the interesting thing about jobs, just right here in Central Texas, is right when you thought it was just red hot, you know, if it couldn't get any hotter, you know, Apple comes in under the radar um, and says that they're going to add fifteen thousand jobs in a, a major campus. Yeah, billions of dollars campus development. This is massive in North Austin. Just what you're right, talking up, about. yeah, right, straight North Austin, um, and that that type of news. You know, when you hear about a potential slowdown in the housing market, for example, you know, when fifteen thousand more jobs get dropped on Austin, that's one of the reasons that Texas, in general, especially the major MSAs, the major cities, are somewhat insulated from what's happening on a national level, um, you know, from a housing standpoint. And there's pockets like this around the country. I mean, we're not the, Texas isn't the only 
insulated pocket, but it's it's a supply and demand thing. Yeah, totally. You know, I'm going to get real local here for a second, but for those of you that live in Austin that are our listeners, um, one of my first neighborhoods that I targeted and created rental properties in is this neighborhood called Millwood, right? For it's up in Northwest Austin. If you're from Austin, you, you know what I'm talking about. Um, and guess where this Apple campus is going? It's, it's, it's like across the highway, you know, and it's like, I, I, I wish so badly that I still own this portfolio of properties. So all I can say is if you're listening to this right now and you own a property or properties in the Millwood subdivision, hang on, right? <laughs> you don't sell, like hang on to your stuff, man, because you've got the, one of the largest employers in the world and, and now will be one of the largest employers in this area developing one of the most expensive campuses ever developed in Central Texas. And you're across the street, you know, so wow, what a great place to be in if you're a real estate investor right now and you're targeting neighborhoods. The other thing I think is unique to Austin is, you know, there's a lot of areas, I'll use Corpus as an example, that's got a lot of industry going on down there. So there's a lot of people moving there, a lot of people needing houses, but it's for one very specific demographic. Whereas here we've got it all the way across the, the economic scale. Yeah, it's very mixed spectrum. So let's talk about something else. Let's move on. Again, year in review here, but let's talk about interest rates. You know, for years, we were, let's just basically round it and call it zero, <laughs> right? <laughs> I kept hearing a lot of stuff about negative interest rates. Uh, yeah, well, there were a few countries in Europe that actually had to go to a negative interest rate because they had too much cash. And they were saying, like, we, they have too many depositories. And they, they needed to encourage people to take money out of the bank and actually do something with it and spend it. And that's why they had to go negative. That's just crazy. Yeah, that's, you think about that, right? Like having that surplus. Yeah. It's like, get rid of some of this cash. Yeah, so I don't know. Yeah, some countries actually went negative. We never did, you know, but we did see interest rates rise the fastest that they ever have since the, you know, the Great Recession here. So we saw quite a bit of signaling going on by the Fed. We had several rate increases last year, and that has a, a trickle-down effect, right? So we saw it in essentially a slowdown, if you will, in terms of home buyers, first-time home buyers in particular, and if you combine that with the tax changes that happened, I don't know if that's, we're going to talk about that here later. I've looked at some of my notes, but you combine like the changes in the tax code that were effective for 18 combined with rising interest rates, what you're creating is a formula of a slower uh, buying season. I think that says a lot about Austin, though, because if you look at Austin relative to the rest of the country right now, as the home buyers react to the interest rates, it just doesn't seem to be slowing down here like it is everywhere else. Yeah, I know I have seen a little bit of interest. So you're right in terms of the pace, but what is happening is we're seeing fewer, less inventory right. that's hitting right now. So you're seeing less flips, although some of that's happening because there's just less inventory. Like there's only so many houses built in 1940 to 1965 that you can go out there and flip, right? You know, and in Austin, like we've ripped through a lot of that housing inventory. Now people are getting a little more creative. They're scraping lots and, you know, doing an additional dwelling unit behind it. That takes a little more sophistication, a little bit more, you know, power in terms of like what you're able to do. So, but you're right. We haven't really seen that slowdown in Austin. And in fact, we looked at this of all the, the four bigs in Texas, right? We're talking about San Antonio, Austin and Dallas, and then in Houston or the new golden triangle, really only San Antonio showed any annual cyclical change in buying behavior. The other major markets continue to push through even during the holiday season. Well, it's still moving. There's just there's different trends, but it's still staying on top. You know, my my neighborhood. I call it my neighborhood right here by the office. I lived here for 20 years and then moved away. But I saw it go from fix and flips to houses disappearing over the weekend. I went out of town and came back a week later. My next door neighbor was gone, and they were building a new house. It's just crazy. So people are spending three, four, five hundred grand on a house 
bulldozing it and then coming and putting a house back right on top of it. Yeah, and, and they're putting them. They're, they're, they're still working out. For they're them. building nice houses on yeah. that stuff. Is what they're doing. Yeah, because there's there's some kind of good rules in terms of what you're what you're what you should buy that lot for. You know, in terms of when you're going to build that house, and they're overpaying, and that's because the market is a little hot, and they're able to build and they're able to reap that reward. And they're catching right up pretty quick. I mean, you know, I. I put a for sale sign from Lowe's in my front yard on a Friday night after dark and got a phone call Saturday morning and sold the house. I mean, that quick, literally the first phone call. Speaking of overpaying, uh, tariffs have been a hot one this year, too. When you look at the global trade, I'm I'm just getting tipped off here from Sean, our our producer, that if you're looking to buy a washing machine now, um, you know, you're you're looking at paying 30 to 50 percent more. Yeah, especially uh, if it's crazy. got Samsung written wow. on it, right? You know yeah. what I mean? So, I mean, yeah. the, the global tariff game, and that's crazy. And, you know, and that's coming straight from the top, if you will, right? In terms of, you know, the political leadership and what's going on. That's It's been a big one. Hope you don't need a new washing machine. <laughs> yeah, hope you don't. And there's other stuff too, of course, right? And, and I think that's also what's been rattling the markets. We'll get into that in some of the future segments here, here in just a minute. But if you wonder what the heck is going on, you know, historically speaking, a lot happens when you get to the midterms. And a lot more happens when you have a lot of global trade disruption. And that's what we're seeing in the marketplace. Rising interest rates, global trade disruption, but a relatively strong economy is going to create volatility. You want to know more? Stick around. We'll be right back. And now... Back to the Noble Capital Radio Hour. Welcome back. If you're just joining us, we're pulling out our crystal balls, no, and telling you what's going on. No, not at all. What we're doing is we are giving you a little bit of a year in review in terms of what happened here at Noble Capital, what happened out in the marketplace, just kind of some global stuff. So it's definitely a summary show. Hope you're having a good holiday season. If you'd like to know more about Noble Capital, you can find us at noblecapital.com. You can also download any of our previous episodes from anywhere that you find our podcast. Isn't that right, Sean? You've you basically got us on every platform now. Just about every platform. That's right. We're even on. those public radio listener guys, even something over there. We can't say the name, but I mean, like, they're all out there, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know how somebody determined that that was a public radio listener app, but, but it, we're, we're also we're on iTunes, Google Play, the big guys SoundCloud, sure. everywhere. Yeah, where where ninety nine point eight percent of you find your yeah, downloads. or you could just Google Noble <laughs> Capital Radio Hour. I guarantee you, you'll find it. Yeah, and if you're a guy like me, a desk jockey, and you sit in your office all day, you can even go to the website and just listen to it right there. Right? right on our website. Yeah. Hey, that's pretty cool. Yep. As long as your IT guy doesn't block you from doing that kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Streaming audio and video. Right. All right. So let's jump back in. We were doing a little bit of a review here. We were talking about interest rates. We were talking about tariffs. We were talking about unemployment. But, you know, probably the biggest thing that people watch, and it's because our media machine just puts these talking heads on TV all day and just drowns us with this information. But what's going on in the markets? I mean, I've been watching it pretty close myself, again, because it's, a, it's on a television in our office all day. But, man, is it just me, or are we seeing like some crazy volatility going right now? I think it's a lot of volatility. We're not seeing a lot of growth overall, and it's a surprise to me how much the, the media is blowing it up. So I'll glance at the TV between appointments, and I'll see the – Dow has the largest gain in 14 minutes over a 12-year period, you know, and then an hour later, it's the the biggest loss over a certain period of time. So they pick and choose a lot of uh, 
time periods to make it as dramatic as possible, but it is moving all over the place. When you look at point to point, we're not we're not even any further ahead today than we were a year ago, actually down a little bit. Yeah, that's that's something that I look at, and I want to come back to what you just said there in a second ago. But but back to the media and kind of where they pick it out. We all know that you can take some data, and depending on how you pick it and when you pick your left and your right, suddenly you've got this dramatic answer, right? But that's not the whole story. But I but I get the feeling, it certainly feels to me like the media, for whatever reason, is pushing and letting everybody hear about the volatility. But it's because, you know, it, it is volatile, but it seems like that's the, the general narrative, and I don't care what side you're listening to, because even, you know, financial reporting tends to have a left or a right-leaning, right. uh, you know, notion on that. But either one you're looking at, you're seeing market volatility come out. Yeah, the volatility is there no matter how you look at it. I think the media does have somewhat of a political agenda, um, trying to lead us to believe one thing or another as far as our opinion on the market. But as Jaden says all the time, numbers don't lie. And I'm looking up at the board right now, and the Dow, NASDAQ, and S&P are all down, you know, at least 4% from where they were a year ago today. So from the year, so so this is a, we've even, I think we came up with a clever name on this. Since it was clever and good, I didn't come up with it, but some kind of a name on basically a flat year. I'm looking over at Jaden, like he probably came up with a good name on this, but it, that this is kind of depressing. I'm sorry, but if you got in and did something in January of last year, you, you worked all year long, you know, and you're telling me it's flat? Yeah, there's, there's there's no I'm gonna say there's no gain, but overall, when you look at the total market, um, so it, from even on the two year point to point, we're still flat. So I, now I'm remembering it's basically so Jaden coma test, that's right? right. <laughs> now that's right is? on, Chris. It's uh, as Jess was just pointing out, we're we're in a the argument here that and you talk about crystal ball, and Sean, you could go look it up on 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 the shows. We were we've been talking about this for for at least a year yeah, now. F- hey, yeah, fact, fact check right. us, right? Yeah. You can literally go back a year and see us talk about being in a coma. We're on the record. Absolutely. And we we talk about these secular bear markets and which describes, you know, a secular market trend is the is the trend that just is the best description of how the stock market behaves. And you can have secular bull trends, secular bear trends. So everybody tries to figure out when when are we actually in the secular bear? Because we've clearly been in a secular bull, is this just a little lull um, in 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 a you know in a larger secular bull market, or have we actually entered into a, a secular bear market? Yeah, because let me add to this: the the fascinating thing about what you're describing right now is that you you can't just go look. You you actually don't know for sure if you're in it until you're already in it, right? Because if if anybody could just tell you you are, or you're not in the exact day it happens. Like, well, then you know you could you could jig the markets out, right? But that's not what happens. You just really don't know, and that's that uncertainty. You don't know, and and right now looking at the charts, if if you're you know in, in, into more of the analytics, we're, we we you can just look back and see the last time the market was around 23,000 points which is about what it's what it's closed at here and you know right now you can track back 17 18 months and see where the market was at 23,000 so we had a we had a, a nice run here and and we've been saying this for some time you know but if you we don't want to just skip over this is just you know a year wrap up without addressing the fact there's people listening right now that are going into the, the Christmas season, and we particularly our hearts are heavy for our clientele because we know what you're up against and what you're going through. Chris talks about it all the time, uh, having to sit with clients face to face that that were that had a retirement date in 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 mind, and um, and then you know seeing that those 
that n- now those dreams are shattered. You can't retire when you thought you were going to be able to retire. Yeah, their retirement score was too low. They didn't, you know, they hadn't pulled stuff back in terms of guaranteeing what they were going to end up with, right? They had way too much risk for where they were in their life path. Yep. And if that's you, if you're listening, then again, we're not trying to make you feel bad or tell you we told you so. It's it's not too late to take action. And, you know, you don't need to say, oh, shoot, now I got to go in a coma and ride it out for 10 more years. I mean, that's a strategy. It is a strategy. You want to do that. I mean, by the way, you should probably work those 10 years, too, to catch back up, just so just so we're clear. And, you know, talking to you like family, it's like, you know, I I think life's too short to to approach it that way. You're, you're basically base, basing your, your happiness and livelihood and lifestyle on this wild beast called the stock market, which is very volatile right now. Hey, it's too much. And we could dive into a lot of product talk, but really what we'd like to do is talk about the entire plan, right? And that's really what we would do. So I'm only going to do this once today on the radio, but I am going to tell you, if you're listening and you're you're kind of scratching your head going, oh, crap, does that apply to me? Or I've been in that situation. That is what we do. That is one of the things that we do is we really get excited when we can craft a complete blueprint, a whole plan for you in terms of how that you can move into retirement, feeling that confidence that you're going to have that lifestyle that, you, that you've that you been wanting for. That, that's what we do. That's what we're passionate about. We'd love to do that with you. If you want to learn more about it, you can actually look at events that we throw where we do an introduction to find out if we're right for you, if you're right for us. If you want to know more about that, you do it at noblecapital.com and you click on retirement. And you can find out more information on us right there. Yeah, and definitely. <clears throat> January is a good time to come in and see us. Uh, we're kicking the new year off. Now is not the worst time in the world to retire. It's bad if everything is based on the market. So we have a very diverse, all-inclusive, holistic way of looking at generating income and retirement that is not market-based or not specifically market-based. So if you've got a portfolio, it's probably done well over the past eight or nine years. Maybe you're worried a little bit about it slipping right now. Come on in. Let's take a look at it, and I can show you how to be way less dependent upon the market swings and not exposed to the volatility of the market. Yeah, no kidding. So we also talk about some other types of marketing stuff. Since at our core, we're also a big real estate firm, right? So if, if real estate's your game and you're looking at retirement and that might, that was a piece of your portfolio, boy, we're going to be able to have fun talking to you. In fact, that's probably a, the client we enjoy speaking to the most is someone we can talk real estate shop with and we can, we can actually like break down your portfolio and what did you do? What did you accomplish? Tell us that life story. Like that's a lot of fun for us. We, we really love jumping into that and seeing that, that entire picture, right? Bring that in and let us deconstruct that and tell you what we've learned and what we can bring to the table. So talk about the housing market. You know, there's a lot of, um, you know, uncertainty in terms of what, what you can do with that. So if you're, if you're in something right now, when's the last time you did a real analysis on, on maybe what you're, I'll throw it out there, but like a cap rate, right? So how much money are you actually earning on that portfolio of that, of that housing stock that you've created? Cause we know so many people that create, you know, a rental portfolio, that type of deal, or they have some type of a strip center or some type of an apartment complex, but they, they, I don't know why, I guess we all do this, but like when you think you got a great thing, sometimes it's easy to just let it ride. And then before you know it, you haven't really looked at it in five or six years. And it turns out there might be a more efficient vehicle out there for you. The older you get, the more, uh, the more focus and effort that it takes. So one of the, one of the really, the most rewarding things that I get out of somebody coming in with a portfolio that's heavy into real estate, it's usually in rental properties. A lot of people don't like paying management companies. So they're dealing with individual renters and leaky toilets and going and collecting rent and all that. 
and they believe in the in the real estate market, but they're getting older. They don't want to deal with it anymore. So we can take a big portion of that portfolio, change the focus on it, still stay in real estate, bring them into the fund, and most of the time people are getting better returns than they were getting in their rental portfolio, and it's on autopilot. They don't have to do anything but just enjoy it and relax. I got a pro tip for the listeners right here, and um, this is one of those those things when you're when you're looking at a, your real estate right now, and you're you're considering how well is this this vehicle um, you know performing for me. The big mistake that everybody makes is is they actually look at their original cost basis that they that they bought the property for, and you know say just for simplicity's sake, I bought a property for a hundred thousand dollars, and now it's worth four hundred thousand dollars. Well, I still am on this high thinking I'm doing great because I've I've got I'm up three hundred thousand dollars right on my value my valuation of my property, and I'm still living in in the world where I only invested a hundred thousand dollars. That's the mistake. Your 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 investment basis that you should be thinking of when you're doing your analysis is not what you originally paid. It's what it's what it's worth today. Yeah, it's what it's worth present today. Value. Yep. it's the present value of that asset, and that's that's, right. that's what Chris is getting at. When he talks about you know really analyzing the return on your property because the truth is I could pull the trigger and sell that today for. Four hundred thousand dollars. So I need to be basing my return on four hundred thousand dollars, not one hundred thousand dollars. Man, you just nailed it. That's exactly what I mean. I feel like everyone's too much of a claim. It's a superlative, but I feel like that's what everyone does. You know, they're telling me like, "Got this house. It's great. I paid this much for it. Now it's worth this much." And I'm like, "Oh, great. What's your return?" And they're like, "Well, I mean," and they do exactly what you just said. Well, on a hundred hundred thousand dollars, I paid this. I'm getting great. And I'm like. I don't think you realize the opportunity cost here, right? If you were, so I'm like, yeah, but what's your cap rate on the rents that you're collecting on a $400,000 house? And they're like, no, 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 I only got in at 100,000. And they'll correct me. And I'm like, okay, I see what's happening here. But you're, you're absolutely right. It's amazing to watch people do that. And it's because you could be earning on that entire amount is what Jaden's point is. You know, you've got to maximize the efficiency of your investment. And, and boy, that's probably true for every single product that we offer. Yeah, and we've got a great tool here that allows you to input all the data, uh, what you paid for the property, the current value of the property, what you're getting in rent and expenses, and look at the true ROI on that property right now. And, and people are just amazed when they realize they were so far off they didn't even, didn't even have any idea. Yeah, and, and it's, it's tough, man. It's really tough. So by the way, there is a place for cash on cash investments in terms of doing that analysis. And the kind of the rule that I've always seen in finance is that's basically if you're in and out in the same year, then yeah, talk, talk to me about cash on cash. I'm, I'm all about cash on cash if you're in and out in the same year. But we're talking about people that have accumulated portfolios. So what's been going on in the marketplaces? The reason we're talking about this ad nauseum is because housing stock has increased in value throughout the entire state of Texas. If you're sitting on this portfolio, what happened in 2018? Chances are it went up in value. Have you reset your, your baselines and have you actually done an analysis on where you're at with your property? You know, it's amazing. We, we just can't forget how blessed we are to live in Texas. You know, we're, we're already reading now about uh, markets like Phoenix and Vegas uh, starting to slow down again and, and, and never really, even as hot as they've been, never fully recovered and got back where they were in the, in the 2008 crash. That's for sure. You know what? We're, when we come back from this break, we're going to have a Tales from the Trenches. But I'd like to hear a little bit about some portfolios, some real estate portfolios. That'd be pretty cool. If you're excited and you want to see if it matches up with yours, stick around. We'll be right back.
Hey, Austin, wake up and fly right on Talk 1370. Once again, this is the Noble Capital Radio Hour. And we're back. We just tuned in. We've been discussing this year some things that have happened on a national level and a local level, and a lot of things have been happening at Noble Capital. Oh, and maybe some things that have been happening to you in your portfolio, whether that's stocks, real estate, there's all types of investments. We're very interested in that. If you've just tuned in for the first time, well, you've, you've missed the whole show. <laughs> but you can good news, you can actually go download us at our podcast. Where Anywhere you can find a podcast, you can find the Noble Capital Radio. Thanks to our great producer, Sean, over there, who's already getting ready for everybody's favorite segment, where we have to come up with essentially a summary on the fly and, and figure out how to summarize this entire episode so i'm locked and loaded you're ready to go figure out how to not embarrass ourselves yeah yeah, that's always a challenge right it's very very difficult for me so you know what what i want to do we've been doing a new thing tales from the trenches i'd like to hear you know from my two guys here Jaden and jess in terms of like they've got so many years of experience of visiting with clients but year-end review do you have a Maybe a good story or a tale from, you know, meeting with a client and doing that like portfolio analysis. You know, let's let's talk about that since we're doing a look back right now. I've, got, I've actually got one. This is good timing. It doesn't matter if it's your interview or not. This is recent. It's a client I'm working with right now. We haven't quite completed the case, but he's got, I think, 14 rental properties that he's accumulated over the years. He's like 70 years old. It's worth about $2.2 million. When we looked at what he's getting positive cash flow at the end of the year, took that same amount of money and put it just into our fund, he's getting almost double the uh, income coming out of the fund. No more calls, no more worrying about renters coming in and out, not paying the rent, having to lease it back out. And he's pretty close to pulling the trigger on dumping everything. I bet he is, you know, and I bet he's sitting there scratching his head going like, wow, you know, what have I been doing here? It's great time over the market too, because he's going to get all the appreciation. The market hasn't really flattened out yet. It's still going to be easy to move. We'll move him right into the fund and he's, he's on autopilot. He's in great shape and he's, he's thrilled about it too. What a cool experience. Yeah. So he's probably worked a number of years to assemble that portfolio. Yeah. Right. And then he did it in Austin. And if he did it over a 20 or a 30 year period, he's seen significant appreciation and you know, he, he made it through the recession and all that came back and then some he's in a hot market and now he gets to cash this out. You know, what'd be really interesting is even to wonder or to ask him, but like, what is his cash basis? Like going back to what Jaden was talking about, how much of that did he get in appreciation? You know, yeah, he made money along the way and it sounds like he wasn't doing the analysis maybe the best, but I wonder what his appreciation was. It was under $400,000 when we looked at it. He's like two, the, that's he's, his cash basis. Yeah, he's a little and now, over 2.2 it's, now it's 2.2. Yeah. So we're having to phase it out. So it's not a huge <laughs> capital gain. on Yeah. It. Yeah. You know, the first, one of the first things he said when he walked in the door was that the majority of his income was coming from rental houses and he did not want to be a landlord anymore. He Man, wanted to help get out of it. That a boy, he knows what's up. I'll tell you what, I don't, want, I don't have a tail from the trench, but you know, we were talking about good, bad, and ugly. That was a good story. Like One of my bad or uglies is, and we've actually talked about this before, but I watched someone make that mistake that Jess just said, and they had an entire rental portfolio. That was the majority of their income, and when they decided they were done, they were done. So what did they do? They sold every damn one of them all at the same time. And I was just like sitting there going, no, tell me that did not just happen. Wow. Right? They didn't, sp- there's no tax planning component. This is why it's so important to have a financial advisor, whether you're meeting with us or somebody else, please be meeting with someone who actually has handled real estate investing before. <laughs> and we, we'll look at the whole big picture. We're not just a uh, reactionary, just dump it and go on there. So the, the, the taxability of any move that you make is huge um, in our planning. And it's something that we take very seriously and, and make sure that we plan out to take the the smallest tax hit that you're going to take on anything that you move. There you go. I had a, I had one guys, this, this actually happened just, just this week too. Um, gentleman came in and this, this was interesting cause he's, he's just a acquaintance that I've met, um, and known for about a year and developed a friendship with, and he's 46 years old 
and we just talked and I, I he's been listening as I talked to him about wealth management retirement tell him a lot a little bit about what I'm doing you know we're similar we're both fathers similar in age and anyway this this we, we typically don't have you know a lot of as many clients in their 40s, uh, you know, 30s and 40s as we do in their their 50s and 60s. A lot of folks wait to start planning until they're in their 50s or 60s. But this gentleman, 46 years old, comes in about 1.4 mil, okay, he's done pretty well, and just is, is in the middle of switching jobs now and has the opportunity to roll over a half a million dollar 401k, trying to decide where do I go with that money. I don't want it in the market now. I feel like it's it's very limited on, on my choices. Um, I have to play in this stock market box. Um, so he's got that. He also has no pension set up, wants to set up a, some guaranteed income for himself, was looking for a vehicle for that. And he also has a half million dollar real estate portfolio and, and, and just, just the equity in it. It's probably value is even much, much higher than that. So anyway, we were able to sit down and talk. His His goal right now is to limit his exposure to the stock market. He's got a, a 1031 tax exchange on a real estate sale that we were able to talk about, which he really appreciated that we could go deep and talk about real estate and taxes. But long story short, um, I'm excited. I, I, don't, I won't, like I say, try to cut your hair over the radio here, but we're going to be able to set this gentleman up and the results are just a bullseye for him. So I feel like we took our, our friendship to a next lo- the next level. Oh, um, yeah, it's got to be. If you're talking about setting this guy up for the rest of his life and he's in his 40s, you know, I mean, like, wow, you're going to be that guy for the next 30, 40 years of his life. It's so incredible. Cool. He yeah. met you at the midpoint. You know what I mean? He like, did. And how his, cool. his retirement date was 60 when he walked in the door today. When he left, it was, or, or the other day, it was uh, 56. So yeah. he's hoping in 10 years now with some planning, he'll be able to retire. That's good. Man, that's pretty awesome. I'll tell you what, though. It's time for everybody's favorite segment. Time to play Put Your Money Where Your Mouth Is, where essentially we have to come up with a phrase that sums up this week's episode. It sounds easy. It's really not, especially if you've ever met Sean in person. So he comes up with the the rules for every single week. So, Sean, let her rip. All right. This has been a good episode, kind of looking at uh, the year that just passed. We're, we're looking at the past, right? So this week, I want you to sum up the financial news of 2018 in any number of words, but it must be in the past tense. Any number of words in the past tense. While the guys are racking their brains trying to put this one together, I just want to remind you that you can learn more about us at noblecapital.com. Check us out on Facebook at Noble Capital, on Instagram at Noble Capital Radio, and you can download every episode of the Noble Capital Radio Hour wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we're back. So, okay, Sean, past tense. I don't normally think in past tense when I'm trying to say something. So, you know, I almost have to, like, break out my college brain. This is exercise for your brain, Chris. Totally is, yeah. It's like a Sudoku over here. But All right, so I'll go first because mine's always lame, and uh, then I'll put the pressure on these two guys to perform. So here's mine in the past tense, and it kind of doesn't make sense because, you know, but it's past tense, whatever. A year in review was an opportunity for a new you. There you go. Think about that one for a minute. Okay, I got you. 
That's yeah. it. Hey, and what I'm saying is today's well, show was a year in review, and that's an opportunity for a new you. Like, do it. You never know how far you've come until you look backwards. So that's true. All right, guys, let's wrap this up. We got a minute. What do you got? I'm not nearly as catchy as as uh, Chris's was there, but mine's very simple. Uh, 2018 was a fantastic year. Hey, that's pretty nice. Jaden, what do you have? It's good. Okay, here it is. You won some, you lost some, but you chose noble, and that's a big win. Nice. Man, that's good. That's Once poetic. again, you know, it's a kind of a competition because whoever has the coolest one always like is the social media call sign. They're mostly Jaden. Sometimes I have to put two. Oh, oh yeah? Yeah, sometimes there's two. Yeah, the every now and then chance that Jess and I pull something out. <laughs> we'll just have to see. We'll see what 2019 brings, y'all. <laughs> we'll see what 2019 brings. Hey, I'm excited about this uh, show and, and where we're going with this and the content that we're producing. Please, we'd love to see your feedback. Happy holidays, everybody. I'm Chris. I'm Jaden. I'm Jess. And this is the Noble Capital Radio Hour. All opinions expressed by the speakers on this radio program are solely the opinions of those speakers and do not reflect the opinions of Noble Capital, Acute Financial, Streamline Funding, or their respective affiliates. Each speaker's opinions are based upon information the speakers believe to be reliable, but accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Each speaker's statements and opinions are subject to change without notice. The information discussed on this radio program is provided for general informational purposes only, does not take into account your particular investment objectives, financial situation, or needs, is not intended as recommendations appropriate for you, and should not be construed as investment, legal, tax, or other advice on any subject matter. The information discussed in this radio program is not intended and should not be viewed or construed as a recommendation, advice, offer, or inducement to buy, sell, or hold securities, insurance products, or any other financial products. Before acting on any information discussed in this radio program, you should seek appropriate financial, investment, and other professional advice based on your particular facts and circumstances. Current or past performance is not indicative of future results. You should be aware of the real risk of loss in following any strategy or investment discussed on this radio program. No outcome or profit is guaranteed. Any transmission of information through this program is provided on a non-confidential basis and does not create an advantage or client relationship between you or anyone of Noble Capital, Acute Financial, or Streamline Funding. Some information provided in this program may reference other service providers, including websites operated and maintained by third parties. Such information is included solely as a convenience to you, and the provision of such information does not imply a responsibility for such third-party information or an endorsement of the linked site, its operator, or its contents. Acute Financial and Streamline Funding are both wholly-owned subsidiaries of Noble Capital. Noble Capital, Acute Financial, Streamline Funding, and or their respective affiliates and principals, which may include the speakers and guests featured in this radio program, may receive compensation from the sale of financial products featured in this program. Reproduction, distribution, republication, and or retransmission of any portion of this program is strictly prohibited without the prior written permission of Acute Financial, Noble Capital, and Streamline Funding.